Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! Yay! And we've got a great episode for you. Uh, it's filled with a bunch of fucking snakes and shit. Somebody call Samuel L. Jackson, because I'm tired of all these motherfucking snakes on my motherfucking podcast. No, no. you're not. This is fun. This was, fun. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. It's uh, Paige's Week again. She takes us through one of the most interesting stories. Um that you may have ever heard i'm gonna be real with you it's an absolutely wild time but before that we have some news and other news uh the first news is that we have a patreon now you can go patreon.com slash cult podcast find all that information there that's not really new patreon never heard of her (laughs) patreon i hardly know her um The other news is that we are doing a virtual live show (laughs) on Halloween, October 31st, Saturday night. Um, We will be doing a live show double feature with Horror Virgin. Are we going to wear costumes? Yeah, we're definitely going to wear costumes. It's going to be an awesome time. Um, Tickets are available on our website for $20. Uh, but there are also t-shirts uh, available in two different packages. You can get a bundle with a ticket and save $5. Or you can buy a t-shirt by itself, which is $25. Uh, the t-shirts, though, are only available until Thursday, October 15th. They are a pre-order item. Um, and they are... That's it. Once they're gone, that's it. There's no more. You know what I mean? We're making sure that each t-shirt finds a home. I do believe that the shirts go uh, from size small through 4XL, um, and they're very, very comfy, very well designed, uh, but I might be biased, and uh, I like them. I like them a lot. You did a great job. Thank you. And if you buy a ticket for the show, by the way, you will be able to watch it or download it at a later date if you are not able to make the show time of 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time or 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, yeah, and I think without any further ado, let's get into the, uh, let's get into the show. Hello. 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 Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these these are are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Andrea Casetta! Yay! Yay! And it's my week! Bow, bow, bow. Woo! I'm so excited. You're not even ready. You're not even ready for the magic that's going to happen today. <laughs> it's this sounds like the speech they give you when you walk into Hogwarts? like a David Blaine show. Oh. I mean, I'm never ready for David Blaine. No one is. David Blaine is so unassuming. He's the master of surprises. He just walks right up to you and he's just like, hey, are you, do you, re- you want to see some magic? And it's like, have you slept ever in your entire life? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get David Blaine a goddamn Red Bull, please. <laughs> or a mattress, apparently. Wait, are we not? We're, 
Never mind. They don't give us money. Fuck those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck them. They might someday. Okay. In the future. (laughs) Uh, So this is a group that I've been on my list for a long time. And it's one of those groups that like I had kept on the list. And every once in a while, I'll read back through it and be like, can we, you know, make this an episode? Is there enough information? And in the interim, since the last time I had looked at it, somebody had really padded out the sources section of their Wikipedia. So I was able to like, oh, there's like a bunch of books and stuff about this. So I was able to pull a bunch of them. And the story of this group is way wilder than I even thought. Oh, I'm so So excited. I'm so I was so excited to pull this from the file the other day. Uh, so today we are talking about the Church of God with signs following. Oh, either of you familiar? No, yes, I don't think so. <laughs> Armando, what's been your experience with the Church of God of Signs following? Almost exactly what yours is. Where uh, so basically every so often they show up on like a BuzzFeed list of like craziest cults you've never heard of. Brah! Or whatever, yeah. uh, BuzzFeed, however they make their money. Um, <laughs> but so it's always a story where like there's, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but there is, uh, there's a few aspects of the group where you're like, hold it, whoa, 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 hold the fuck on. What did you say? I'm sorry. What happened now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that was my experience, but it, it was the same as you where like, it's just one of those things where there wasn't, there hasn't been enough information uh, to make it more than just like a weird anecdote. Um, yeah. So I'm so excited to hear the rest. Ooh, I, I found some shit. Uh, there have <laughs> been, so in the past like year and a half, there have been three short documentaries made about them as well. Uh, all of them are almost identical, but follow different people. And they are all unintentionally hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite kind of documentaries. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into our sources. Uh, Coming up first, we have Serpent Handling Believers um, by Thomas G. Burton. We have Them That Believe, The Power and Meaning of Christian Serpent Handling Tradition by Ralph W. Hood. We have holiness-snake-handlers.webs.com. Couldn't get the couldn't couldn't spring for the full domain, huh? <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope. And uh, this is a group of people spread across a couple different denominations that participate in a lot of the activities that this group does. Uh, but just to read you a little bit of an excerpt of the front page of their website, holiness snake handlers are not to be confused with secular snake handlers, snake charmers, or the snake enticers of the Hindu religion. Take my opinions with a grain assault. By the way, that's assault as in like hurting someone. Oh, no. Not of salt. Grain assault. <laughs> like you could have a gluten tolerance or a grain assault. It's up to you. <laughs> if you don't believe me, you can walk out into that fucking field and burn it, burn it down to the ground. Um, also the, the header of the page just says handling serpents, healing the sick, speaking in tongues, casting out demons, drinking poison. It's all scriptural. Okay. Is this, what? Are, you, 
I think you stumbled upon the website, the official website of uh, uh, Slytherin. I mean, not far off. I just, I just keep imagining like a man with boxing gloves going out at night into a field to fight wheat. <laughs> just like boxing the wheat down. He's just, just fucking going punch for punch. And then it cuts to inside the barn and the farmer's in looking out of his window being like, damn it, Johnny, one of these days you'll beat that wheat. <laughs> I'm just picturing somebody taking a loaf of Wonder Bread and just like punching just down into it. the shit out of it. <laughs> It's so foamy and comfortable for your hand. It's like a pillow. <laughs> it is. Uh, but yeah, so take their opinions with a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, then we have a blog called Messy Nessie Chic. And by blog, I mean like a professional one, not just like one random person. There are like articles on it. Uh, and the article is called America's Last Snake Handling Cults. And then we get into the documentaries. We have... My life inside the snake church, snake handling pastor bitten by deadly rattlesnake. Now, a note on this one. There's actually some controversy about this documentary, which is available on YouTube, uh, in that they are actually a serpent handling church, not a snake church. They do consider that different. Um, <laughs> okay. They believe, and now in the context of that one group that they profile in that one documentary, they believe that the difference between a serpent and a snake is that a serpent is venomous and they only handle venomous snakes mm, okay. on okay. purpose. Correct me if I'm wrong, but my interpretation of a lot of the church's word was that any handling of your snake was frowned upon. Um, <laughs> It'll make you go blind. That's what they told me. They told me if I played with my snake enough, I'd stop being able to see. That's because of the venom. It's oh, a serpent, Armando. Gotcha. If you handled your serpent too much. Wait. There is, there's a magic word that can make your sight come back, though, and it's just venom <laughs> from that stupid song. Okay, so uh, the next documentary is uh, actually by CNN. It's like a special on CNN uh, called A Look at the Snake Handling Churches of Appalachia. <laughs> no, that's not how they, that's not how they intended it to be read. The, the title of that is, oh my God, look at the snake handling cult <laughs> in the Appalachians. Where's CNN? Are, are you fucking CNN? Are you CNNing this shit? <laughs> are your kids handling snakes at the mall next to Eleven? <laughs> are you CNNing this shit? I'm sorry. That's so fucking stupid. I love uh, it. Then we have um, from AFP News, inside one of the few serpent handling churches in Appalachia. Then we actually have Bible verses today. So we have Mark 16, 17 through 18 and Mark 4, 7. Um, both of those are going to be in King James Version. And that is important because of some of the nomenclature that comes along with it. Uh, different translations sometimes just say snake. That one specifically says serpent. And that's why it's important. And then we have www.poison.org for poison control. So <laughs> That's pretty cool that they were able to get the domain. Yeah, exactly. Uh, snake bites is bad. Uh, so oh. <laughs> oh. Snakes are bad, kids. Okay. Alternatively, you can find us online at www.poison.webs.com. <laughs> Poison.tv.biz. <laughs> Like. Webs is spelled with four Z's. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
the tradition of handling snakes and the concept of worship has gone through a number of different um, cultures and religious traditions. But as far as America, it's a little unsure as to where it started. There is one man that is largely credited with it, and we're going to go through his life today. <laughs> is it? Is it Jesus Christ? <laughs> Are it you is, CNNing is, this shit? <laughs> it is not. Um, but there are some historical notes that there was a lot of serpent handling at the time, and it's not necessarily limited to him. And what a lot of people think is that as the rise of Pentecostalism grew, so did the rise of snake handling for a time, uh, in part because a lot of the verses that we're going to go through today also deal with speaking in tongues and faith healing, which are things that are usually practiced in Pentecostalist denominations and Pentecostal denominations. And so it's very likely that they kind of connected some dots with snakes on their own. Yeah. But one of the most famous people to snake handle was a man named George Went Hensley. Are you guys ready? I'm so ready. ready. I do want to say that obviously there's a connection between those two things because if you are good at uh, speaking in tongues, you will get your serpent handled. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not wrong. Thank you. Not yep. Thank you for wrong. sticking with me through that. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, now, it's difficult to truly nail down exactly where George and when George Went Hensley was born because he lied about it constantly. <laughs> Uh, he told many of his children. By the way, he ends up having 13 children. Damn. Lucky um, number. How many kids do snakes have? <laughs> they lay eggs so they can have a bunch. <sighs> yeah. Is he like part so snake? Many. Maybe. Mm. Now, he told his children he was from West Virginia and that his family's roots were in Pennsylvania. But in reality, his family was living in Hawkins County, Tennessee in 1880 when most historians believe he was born. Um, which, you know, essentially means he's from Tennessee. But other historians have said that he was part of a large family himself. He is also one of 13 children um, and that his family constantly kind of moved between Tennessee and Virginia before finally kind of settling in Tennessee shortly after his birth. He tends to go back to Tennessee a lot as well. So I would say that's probably as close to an ancestral home as we're going to nail down for him. Um, and this is going to be another case of just don't have a fuckload of kids for no reason. <laughs> like yeah. 13's a lot. Uh, so as I mentioned, he's one of 13 children. He's smack dab in the middle. And his family moved when he was about 10 to Big Stone Gap, Virginia. And it's here that allegedly he witnessed a revival in a coal mining town where an elderly woman found a snake in the middle of the service and just started improv with that snake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God, I found a snake. Now, before I take care of it, I do need like an event that you're like worried about. <laughs> Can you give me an occupation? How about uh, something that you would normally find in your grocery? <laughs> I'll even settle for an antidote. I have been bitten five times. <laughs> Please save me. Yeah, allegedly she picked up the snake and started dancing with it as she was moved by the spirit. Okay. And it was 
impromptu, and he was incredibly impressed by what he interpreted at the time as an extreme, extreme demonstration of faith that allowed this woman to handle the snake without fear, and according to him, she was not bit. Hmm. So his family raised him Baptist, uh, but he left the Baptist church at the age of 21, right around the same time he married his first wife, Amanda. They moved to her brother's farm right after getting married, where they lived in a shack. Okay. Lovely. O'Neill. No. I'm oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that is the best place to find snakes if you're trying to get one. Yeah, in a shack, for sure. Um, so he worked for his wife's brother, so his brother-in-law's lumber business by day, and he made ass loads of moonshine by night oh <laughs> hell yeah that explains a lot more about this story oh yeah <laughs> Moonsh- moonshine <laughs> is the snakes of liquor all right <laughs> right because it sneaks up on you and if you handle it too much you will go blind <laughs> <laughs> and Life seemed to go along pretty normal until about 1910 when he attended a revival at Holiness Pentecostal Church. Now, this revival was led by the pastor's teenage son, who was not a pastor. Okay. (laughs) But led the revival regardless. And modern day, there's a lot of this going on in this kind of churches where it's like, my daddy was a pastor. And then when he got bit by the snake and died, I became the pastor. (laughs) Oh, no. Even though I was only 17. It's a lot of that. This is how pastors and superheroes are made. That's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, following that service, he says that he instantly abstained from alcohol tobacco and anyone around him that he deemed too worldly but as we established about his birth date he lies a lot now he was also completely illiterate having never really had any formal schooling because his family moved around so much so he became a licensed minister of the church of god in 1915 but his wife had to fill out all of the information for him and he just memorized a handful of verses to try and sway people. He would also often say that if he said something wrong, it was because he had a direct line to God and God was telling him what to say. Ah, the hungry, hungry caterpillar approach from kindergarten. (laughs) Or you memorize your favorite book. And then if anyone questions you, you say you have a direct line to the hungry, hungry caterpillar. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Improv Bible. Improv Bible. Yeah, it is improv Bible. It's like, yes, and Methuselah beget, yes, and... Once I realized that he was completely illiterate, I had a thought and I was like, do you think God meant snacks? (laughs) (laughs) I thought I told you, man, I put you in the shack. That's where snacks go. The snack shack. (laughs) The snack shack. I send you piles of beef jerky and you're over there playing with snakes. You see one improv show where a woman picks up a serpent. (laughs) To be fair to that woman, every time there's a serpent in my big stone gap, I get upset about it. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Pretty fair. Now, after traveling through Tennessee for several years, conducting services... He ends up resigning in 1922, but I think I know why. Let me take you through it. So as he started to 
have designs on becoming a preacher, he stumbled across a passage in Mark, specifically Mark 16, 17 through 18, which is, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, most Christian denominations take that verse to mean that when you are right with the Lord and doing what he says, that he will protect you when things befall you. And they base that interpretation on a passage earlier in that same book of Mark, Mark 4, 7, that says, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. That passage is part of the section of Mark where Satan tempts Jesus and basically says, jump to your death, God will save you. But most denominations take this to mean, don't intentionally do yourself harm expecting God to save you. That's not what this is for. This is more along the lines of, if there's an accident and it's God's will, he may intercede and save you at an, in a way that you could not save yourself. This, so this, this directly contradicts another important piece of scripture, which is Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> this is not scripture. It's a direct contradiction. <laughs> I do that all the time. I let go of the steering wheel and I go, Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. It's not fun to drive yeah. with him. No, not at all. But for George, this verse is incredibly important. And a lot of people think that his obsession with this verse comes from his childhood experience with that old lady dancing with a snake, which, by the way, I'm sure at the time his mom was just like, don't look at her baby. Like, just don't snakes are dangerous stay away from her like kind of like when you see somebody screaming and doing karate on the train and you're just like i'm gonna move to the next car and i yeah. um, well when i saw somebody screaming and doing karate on the train i went oh i gotta lay hands like that but on sick people yeah <laughs> and thou shalt karate chop as if the lord hath guided thy hands <laughs> now there is an alternate theory because in an interview with a newspaper in 1947, he claims that he went up to a hill and pray and there was a snake on that hill and that he knelt in prayer, took a hold of the snake and then brought it back to the church and told the congregation to prove their salvation by holding the snake, which is the weirdest church dare. Um, <laughs> I'm inclined to believe the previous story where he like saw it as a kid and was like, aha, so he started handling snakes in small private religious ceremonies from 1908 to 1914, basically just as he was becoming a pastor. Um, I think he actually became a pastor to get more snake action, but then realized <laughs> that there were like significantly fewer snakes than he expected. And he was like, I'm out. Unfortunately, a lot of priests have done that in the past as well. It's accurate. Unfortunately, though, the Vatican keeps relocating them to Florida. So they just keep. <laughs> oh, he tours through Florida a lot. <laughs> oh, fucking course he does. Yeah, because there's a lot of snakes there. Duh. A lot of snakes. Um, now, originally, the denomination that he was a minister in did not object to him handling snakes because it drew crowds. And they were just like, sure. Yeah, everyone <laughs> wants to see the snake guy. Like, bring him in. Was was there like a was there like an evil Knievel angle to this where like, yes, we all went to go see evil Knievel do the jump. But everyone was really kind of hoping he wouldn't make the jump. You know what I mean? I'll be real with you. I watched many, 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 
many, many snake handling church services in preparation for this episode. And I'm going to say yes. Okay. Because I cannot tell you. (laughs) Because here's the thing. I don't want people to get hurt. No. But at the same time, they're dancing around with snakes. Yes. (laughs) And and not always one snake. There's one video, and I can show you guys, where the guy has a handful of like six different snakes (laughs) at a time. And it should not be as funny as it is. (laughs) But it is. (laughs) Well, it's. I think the thing is, is like, a lot of these practices go directly against the idea of like testing God because in some ways you're testing God, like that God will save you or that he'll bend the laws of nature for you. That's exactly why they do it too. Yeah. Because what the doctrine kind of becomes, we'll go into it a little bit more later, is that they believe that you're going to get bit no matter what. And that if you don't heal, it's because your faith was not strong enough. Which is a pretty big cop-out to be like, if God saves you, you were great. And if he didn't, oh, well. It's kind of like a witch trial where it's like, if you're not a witch, you'll die. But then we know you weren't a witch. But if you are a witch, you'll survive. You know, it's that kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. So after traveling through Tennessee for several years, uh, snaking it up, He ends up resigning from the denomination in 1922 to bust out on his own. Now, this coincides with some changes at home, which we'll go into in kind of just a second. But for a few months, he starts having services just out in the rural counties, and he does draw a bit of a crowd. Most of his services were held for miners in coal countries, or farmers from the Appalachian Mountains, and they typically arrived at services on horseback or on wagons. And a lot of them were from Pentecostal backgrounds because a lot of the time their church option in the area was a revival. But they were unfamiliar with the snake handling practice, but it was about to become more popular. While he was out doing his, I guess, solo album of preaching, (laughs) he went to visit his sister Bertha in Ohio, And she was also a licensed minister with the Church of God, so the same denomination he had just left. And so they decided that they were going to team up for a series of snake-filled services (laughs) in her church in Ohio. Now, she lived in a more populous place in Ohio than he had previously been used to preaching in. And so people heard about the snake services and it was fucking news. And people started documenting it in newspapers and the denomination's newsletter. And by the early 1920s, it had kind of caught on in different parts of the country. And snake handling was regular practice in some of these denominations. But that same year for George, there was some trouble at home. He and his wife, Amanda, separated because she said that his temper and constant drunkenness was a problem. (laughs) Yeah, I could imagine. I could imagine that those things would be problematic. You know what? I'm just going to go handle some snakes. George, I need you to put the snake down, please. No, six snakes. No, no, no. no, no. I'm going to handle them. I'm going to handle the snakes. I'm going to handle my business. I'm a man. <laughs> I got to get somebody in here. Hey, are you CNNing this shit? This is fucking crazy. My husband won't put down our babies and he keeps calling them snakes. 
Which is why it should come as no surprise that he was arrested the following year on moonshine-related charges because now it's prohibition. And so he was sentenced to four months in jail and fined $100. Hey, hey, are airplanes invented yet? I'm going to put these snakes on them. I'm tired of these holy-ass snakes (laughs) in my peppy ass Sunday services. Um, the fucking, what's it called? The, the, the Wright brothers? The Wright brothers are just like, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> no, you need God to help you fly and these snakes, I'll banish them. Orville Wright is off to the side like, man, if this popcorn thing doesn't take off and I'm stuck doing <laughs> bullshit ass airplanes. You're thinking of Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> Orville But Wright. I like that you think that all Orvilles are the same. Yeah. There can only be one. <laughs> Uh, now, in lieu of jail time, George was permitted to serve the sentence out at a place called the Silverdale Workhouse, and he was initially placed on a chain gang constructing roads. But the guards kind of liked him, and they decided to give him other assignments. So one day they sent him to a nearby well for water, and he escaped, possibly by hiding in the mountains near his family's farm in Tennessee. And while he's a fugitive... He may have been arrested and released on unrelated charges. We don't know. Um, But he ultimately ends up back in Tennessee before fleeing to his sister in Ohio. Now, after arriving in Ohio, because back in the day, police didn't talk to each other. Yeah. There was just no way for them to, you know, communicate across straight Dude, state it was, lines it was and stuff. so easy to fucking get away and escape from prison back in the day where all he had to do was like if a cop came, he was like, oh, shit, I got to get rid of these snakes. They'll <sighs> never know. That's it. That's it. All he had to do was not have moonshine and not have snakes on you and you could be anyone else. Yep. Hi, I'm Paige Wesley. Wow. I believe you. And I'm definitely not a felon. (laughs) After arriving in Ohio, he started preaching again and held services with his sister. But because he was illiterate, his sister would read passages from the Bible and then he would just improv on those passages (laughs) with a theme that he drew from the verses. He also frequently claimed to heal people with faith healing during this period. And they did that for several years until he was finally divorced from his wife, which, by the way, took three years, even back then, for them to finalize that divorce. Wait, 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 wait. He got divorced from his wife while being a fugitive from the law. Yeah, yeah. What the yeah, fuck? she managed to serve papers and they still didn't arrest him. Yeah, they probably showed up with the papers and he was like, wait, you guys aren't going to take me back to jail? And they're like, different department, asshole. And then they just fucking <laughs> yeah. leave. And these services that he was having with his sister were chock full of snakes. <laughs> he also incorporated some new stuff into the services where he would, quote, drink poison. Uh, allegedly strychnine and or battery acid. Now, he survived both of those, so I have to imagine that he somehow faked that one. Yeah. Hey, I want to let you guys in on a little bit of secret. Remember remember when I drank that poison? It was moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> Georgie's drunk. Yes. Come here. Let me grab it like a little snake. <laughs> He interpreted the passage in Mark that we read earlier as a command rather than just an observation of events that occurred in the lives of some people as most Christians interpret it. So he not just like 
hey, if you handle snakes, I'll cure you. It's you must handle snakes. Okay. You absolutely must. <laughs> and then I will cure you and that's how I prove that I love you? That's how you prove that you're worthy. Oh, okay. Is by handling the snakes and surviving, question mark? Fuck. <sighs> this yeah. scat improv Bible is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> now... While ministering at a Salvation Army church in Ohio in 1926, he met his second wife, a woman named Irene Klunziger, and they married in 1927, even though he was 25 years older than her. Well, yeah, she's only she's 25 years older than me, but what, that's only like six years in snake no. years. <laughs> he, he's 25 years older than what her. What are you trying to correct me? I'm fucking illiterate, man. <laughs> The only letters I know are X because it says it on my jar. (laughs) (laughs) After their wedding, they got their own place in Ohio. He found employment at a coal mine and she gave birth to their first child. Uh, Which, by the way, I think it says, speaks volumes that he still wasn't able to like go pro with the snake preacher thing. Like he still had to have a day job. Oh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. He's like, I just dance with snakes on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> if people, if you grab snakes and dance and just fucking start break dancing, and people aren't immediately interested, then it's it, that's a you problem. That's you not having yeah. enough charisma. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But also think about the hidden lives of your coworkers now. <laughs> like you think that Jeff just goes home and pets his dog and watches some Netflix, but what is Jeff? He's grabbing snakes, getting drunk, and he's on the run from the law still. (laughs) Which may explain why he moved all around Ohio and finally in 1932 moved to Kentucky because he was on the run from the law. Like a lot of people in his biographies are like, yeah, he was wanderlust. And I was like, no, he's still a fugitive. (laughs) He's just fucking going about his day. And every time he sees a cop, he goes, oh, fuck, this is the one. They're going to get me. They're going to, okay, I got to ditch all these fucking snakes. Get out of here. I do want to say in 2012, I drove through Kentucky, like through the night at midnight and I was listening to the radio and I heard an ad that was buy a pickup truck get a free shotgun and i feel like this story is only proving that that's always been a part of kentucky's heritage <laughs> oh sweetheart that wasn't an advertisement that's kentucky's state motto <laughs> <laughs> so in 1932 a preacher who was a traveling preacher like him had seen him handle snakes in chattanooga and he tried to get him to move to kentucky so they come to kentucky And he builds, at the time, the Pineville Church of God. Now, remember, he left the Church of God denomination. So this is just in name only, basically. And he calls it a free Pentecostal church. But he doesn't stay long. He continues to move all around the Midwest because, remember, he's still a fugitive. (laughs) Yeah. So in 1935, his wife Irene gave birth to a child. This is his third with Irene and I believe their eighth child overall because his first wife I believe had five children now he continues to move around Virginia and he actually draws some pretty pretty impressive crowds at one point in Norton Virginia 500 people attended one of his events Uh, but the service erupted into chaos after a boy in the audience accidentally killed one of the snakes 
<laughs> what? Yeah, like no, Deacon Squeezy. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> when I, don't, I don't know if they name them or not. Um, this one's called Rattles. <laughs> Now, in 1936, the very next year, he decided that he had to take a show on the road, even more than just the local area where they lived. And so he built a house on the back of a trailer truck, essentially like the first trailer. Oh. (laughs) And he drove to Florida and he traveled all over Florida where he was wildly popular, sometimes (laughs) with over 700 attendees before he moved north to Barrow County, Georgia. So wait, you're telling me that this man gave Florida its culture by hitching a trailer <laughs> to his truck and then doing some wild shit with reptiles for a while and then getting the <laughs> fuck out as a fugitive from the law. Because yes. that is the most Florida-ass thing I have ever <laughs> heard in my entire fucking life. Joe Exotic wishes. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, in late April of that year, 1936, during one of the services in Georgia, a young man was bitten by a snake and became incredibly ill. George Hensley spoke to reporters And he claimed that the boy was bitten because he was not quite ready for the, quote, demonstrations of power. Okay. Mm. Here's the reason you're almost dead, child. It's because you were hitting the big leagues when you should have stayed in the minor leagues. Not that I'm a horrible adult. It's not my fault because I thought everyone in this fucking stupid state was going to be safe because, uh, as I said at the beginning of my service, my anaconda don't want none. Unless you got buns, hun. Thank you for coming to my service. (laughs) Now, he continued to talk to reporters and predicted that this young man would miraculously recover. But he died. Oh, no. Yeah, this is the first time someone would die by snake bite at one of his services, but not the last. I mean, statistics are not in his favor. True, uh, he conducted the man's funeral with snakes. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. That's an yes, insult to did. injury moment. And then he quickly left the area because he was worried that they would prosecute him and find out that he was a fugitive. <laughs> but the local newspaper condemned his conduct. Now, thinking that authorities had given up looking for him, he moved back to Tennessee until the early 1940s. Then he separated from his wife, Irene, toured for another two years before eventually returning to Tennessee to couch surf with his family. And at this point, snake handling had started to decline in popularity because new doctrines had risen to popularity on the revival circuit, namely the Adventists and the Christian scientists who we've covered before, but also because people kept getting bit by snakes. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that tracks. Yep, yep, yep. But it wasn't completely gone yet. And in 1943, a man named Raymond Hayes, who was a super fan of Hensley's teachings, arrived in Tennessee and began starting his own preaching circuit about snake handling. So Hensley and Raymond Hayes teamed up and they started a church together in 1945, which they named the Dolly Pond Church of God with signs following. Now, this is where we kind of get the name for this group modern day. There's 
church of God with signs following. And then there's also the church of Lord Jesus with signs following. They are very similar, but they differentiate themselves over the snake serpents debate. Uh, later in 1945, another member of the church was bitten by a snake and died. <laughs> no, no way. Yeah. Regardless, they continued to handle snakes at all of their services, including the funeral of the man who died from the snake oh bite. Oh, my God. Which, Stupid again, is idiot. pretty tasteless. Um, but the man's death was viewed as, quote, ordained by God to test the faith of the church and to demonstrate to non-believers that the snakes that they handled were actually venomous snakes. That year, George Hensley was arrested for snake handling in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and he was given a $50 fine, but he refused to pay it. And even though he was threatened with being sent back to the workhouse, because again, fugitive, he was released after members of his church appealed to the court. So once he was out, he continued to travel around Tennessee, usually receiving a mixed reception <laughs> because now he was just the pastor that killed a guy. Yeah. So yeah. some churches were willing to forgive him and welcome him back to preach, but most of his family wasn't. And to be honest, I think the family thing is more of the constant drunkenness because, again, he's been drunk this whole time. <laughs> his son, Roscoe, uh, from his first marriage, saw him preach in 1944. By that time, Roscoe was a pastor in his own right, but he had never seen his father conduct a service. What? And he did not attend another one after. Wait, so he, so every day he left, oh, I guess because it was from the first marriage. That makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, they've been estranged for a long time. In fact, his second wife, when they get divorced, goes back to live with his first wife and kids and they live as like a weird family for a while. What? I guess that's the only people you can relate to now after you've <laughs> spent this much time around fucking George. Real talk? Yeah. 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 He's Damn. just a fucking all around weirdo. Like you were like, oh, they went out and they got him out of jail and my first thought was like, oh, he probably bribed them by being like, hey, if you let me out of here, I'll give you 50 big ones. Uh, and then he just gave them 50 big ass snakes. Yeah. Imagine starting a, a household that's just you and all your exes exes. Coming soon to <laughs> MTV. <laughs> I will say something that is really interesting in the modern day groups is that they do interview a couple of these pastors wives and there's a prevailing belief that like if you get bit, you don't go to the hospital. You have to trust God to save you. And spoiler alert, he don't most of the time. And so they have this kind of conflicting belief of like, I have to be prepared to lose my husband at any time because of this thing he believes. And they're kind of like, I mean, like, that's a horrible way to live. Yeah, I that's guess. very upsetting and scary. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you yeah. can't, there's no way. Because I was thinking like in my head, there's got to be like at least one person that's just like, you know, losing my husband, it is going to be, I'm sorry, it is going to be like the hardest experience of my life, but I have taken out five heavy life insurance policies. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think, I think somehow I will go on. But then I, but then that was my first thought. But now I'm thinking, like, if you're a fucking snake handler, there's no way they're gonna insure you, right? Yeah, right? they're gonna be like, "What yeah. do you do for a living?" What yeah. do you do for? 
prolific. And they're no just way, like, yeah. dude. So I'm real good with snakes. And they're like, I'm... <clears throat> I'm sorry, what did you just say? <laughs> We're definitely going to have to pay this out. <laughs> I've gone pro with the snake handling, but in my spare time, I do also make and drink moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> Am I selling you yet? How much can I get for the life insurance? Uh, you'll get zero, but I will say that your life makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> <laughs> my liver's made of snakes. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, if you've been poisoning yourself for that long, like, how much is the venom doing? Yeah, I mean, really, what yeah. is a colon but a big old body snake? Well, and also, something in the documentary is all of them have been bit. So, like, there was one guy who'd been bit six times, another guy who'd been bit four times in the last year, and survived because they didn't get enough of a bite or it didn't get close enough to an artery and they beat it. And no. like survived sweating it out at home. No, that's not. Which is hard. But also you do build a tolerance. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like fucking weed where like some months they do like I do and they have to take a snake break where they're like, yeah, I'm just not feeling it enough. And I got to take a got to take a step back from these snakes. It's like the Princess Bride of just like pure iocane powder. Yes. <laughs> well, there are, I developed an immunity. There are legitimately people that like milk snakes in order to get the ana the venom to make antivenom. Yeah. They will sometimes take small amounts so that if they do get bitten, that that they're not as susceptible to the poison. I know it's a real thing, but it does sound like a fucking class at James Bond College. It doesn't. <laughs> Like that. That's redneck James Bond college. <laughs> Jimmy Bond. <laughs> Jimmy Bond. Jimmy. I'm Jimmy Bond. I like my moonshine shaking. End of discussion. <laughs> There's I no like, other way. I like my moonshine shaking like my son's head. Oh. I'm Jimmy Armando. Bond. I'm the spy that fucked you. That's Jimmy <laughs> Bond. <laughs> In 1946, George married another woman named Inez Hutchison, but it lasted less than a year because he was constantly drunk and dancing with snakes. <laughs> After their separation, he began to preach in Chattanooga again, the place where he got arrested for pe preaching with snakes. I just, I'm just imagining this man like... Having these moonlit trysts with snakes, yeah. and his wife discovers him like, oh, were you dancing with snakes again? You don't understand. The snake has information, and I'm Jimmy Bond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I do. I, Andrea's right. Is when you say dancing with snakes, you leave it open to so much interpretation. Where like I, I've gone through the range. Where at first you were like the woman danced with snakes, and I was like obviously break dancing, right? Like this old woman got up. <laughs> And just fucking started spinning on her head and then spinning on the snake's head. But then now we're so deep into it that you said he was dancing with snakes. And I did imagine like the ballroom scene from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> exactly. Moonlight, formal wear. This snake has a tux dancing with snakes. <laughs> what you should be picturing. Have you ever seen uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Yes. With the scene where he goes into the pet store and he saves all of them and then he comes out holding just handfuls of snakes and screams and faints on the sidewalk. That's what you should be picturing because that's basically what this all looks like. So 
during his services, he started telling people that he'd been miraculously healed after being paralyzed for an entire year from a coal mining accident. But literally everyone thinks this is a lie because he only briefly worked as a coal miner. And there's no record of an injury at that time. And there's no year long gap in his life where he's unaccounted for. And so he continues to preach all around Chattanooga with snakes before moving to Athens, Georgia in the 1950s. And in July of 1955, he began a series of meetings near Alpha, Florida. He conducted the meetings without snakes for three weeks. But then he found a five-foot-long snake and brought it to a service on July 24th, 1955. And dozens of people gathered at an abandoned blacksmith shop for his service. During the service, he loudly delivered a sermon on the topic of faith and having strength in your faith. And then he removed the snake from the lard can he was keeping it in. Oh, my fucking God. He wrapped it around his neck and rubbed it on his face. He walked around the audience while preaching with the snake, Britney Spears style. Yeah. And then returned the snake to the lard can. And as he went to place the snake back into the lard can, it bit him on the wrist. Ooh. After a few minutes, he became visibly ill. He was experiencing severe pain. His arm became discolored and he started vomiting blood. Oh, oh! did he please tell me that he didn't try to trump this, right? Where he's just standing up at the pulpit like, no, I'm totally fine. I don't even get, I don't even, no, my arm's always purple. He did. Oh, <laughs> he did exactly that. No, oh, no. Dude. He refused medical attention uh. and continued the sermon, even though he was urged to seek treatment both by the people watching the sermon and by a sheriff who was in attendance to arrest <laughs> oh him for snake handling. God. Even his opponents are like, bro, you got to go. And he's like, I just left Walter Reed. I'm doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> now, one eyewitness at the service claimed that he started preaching and yelling at the congregation, claiming it was their lack of faith that was killing him. <laughs> no! Okay, that's a lot to put on some people. You yes, his fourth wife, idiot. Sally, was in the audience, and she basically said she believed it was the will of God. If he dies, he dies. He died the <laughs> next morning. That is a, that's a woman who just saw through all the bullshit. That's what that <laughs> that, that's fucking... a woman who was also Ivan Drago. Yeah. Just like, if he dies, he dies. Now, uh, the county judge ruled his death a suicide. Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah, that is suicide by stupidity. I do yeah. guess that is the technical term for it. Honestly, I'm surprised he lasted this long because of Me too. you know, the amount of risk he was taking. Modern day snake handling in religious services is illegal in 49 out of 50 states. West Virginia being the outlier. <laughs> oh, fucking West Virginia. West Virginia. We got them snakes. <laughs> West Virginia, <laughs> if you if you buy a pickup truck, we'll give you a fucking snake, dude. 
<laughs> but it's still often pressed. We'll give you. Did you say a snake, a snake gun? gun? Okay, hold on. I need to ask some more questions on this. Is the snake gun for shooting snakes, or yes. are the bullets snakes themselves? Right, exactly. So it is a shotgun, mm-hmm. and the reason the shotgun is extra long, uh-huh. it's you can is so you can load a snake into it. Exactly. And you then guys you shoot understand? the snake. And wow. if you die. It's the will of God. Oh, it's so the will of God. You can't arrest me for shooting you with the snake because it's the will of God if you don't believe it up. Ma'am, I can smell the moonshine from here. It's the will of God. Take the snake. <laughs> now, snake handling, even though it is illegal, is still often practiced in secret, both in Tennessee, West Virginia, and a few other southern states. Uh, and I would highly recommend the documentaries I listed at the beginning of this episode because it is fascinating to watch. Would you guys like to watch one and give us your thoughts? Oh, so Hell much. Hell yes. So much. All right, let's do this shit. Is she holding a fucking oh. Molotov cocktail? Yes. Yes, she is holding a <laughs> Molotov cocktail. They believe it's the fire of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Well, that's another thing. In every single documentary, all of their fathers died from snake bites while handling snakes in church. Oh, yeah. That feels like maybe it has something to do with their new occupation. Yeah. Losing out on a father figure. I like that there's like 12 people at this church (laughs) total. Oh, my God. It's got a fucking Perrier water up there. No, that's going to be the Molotov cocktail. Oh, no. That's not how you guess snakes. Except that it is in this case. Don't fucking look it in the eye, you idiot. Yeah, they don't even, they don't wear gloves even to catch them or anything. It's just a pole, yeah. but then I'm going to pick it up. <laughs> what? You? Are, I'm sorry. Hold on. You're afraid of dying in a car accident, <laughs> but not afraid of holding a fucking poison snake? I'm going to move ahead just a yeah, little bit because there's something important we should see. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Toby. This isn't the funniest shit you've seen in a long time. The truth is, like, if they lived in Vegas, they would be showmen. You know, this would be Siegfried and Roy. (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Put the snake down. (laughs) That's his wife where she's like, not again. This is the guy that had been bit six other times. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh no! Oh my god! He lives, by the way. If that makes you feel be- feel any better, it's still so upsetting. Yeah, doesn't go to a hospital though. Speaking tongues to heal him. Yeah, oh he did live. God. He is he is handling snakes to this day. That's just. Insanity. You guys, you guys did not listen to me. What I meant was literally kill the cameras. They are alive, and I need you to strangle them to death <laughs> so that no one knows of my transgressions. Yeah, for people not watching the video, at the end of that video, his whole side of his face, he got bit in the head. And so oh, yeah. his whole face and like his whole shirt is just covered in blood. I wish 
I, I want to try, if you follow us on social media, we'll try to find a way to link to that video because it is genuinely one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. First of all, my favorite thing is anytime he hands somebody else a snake and they you see the range of emotions of like, oh, look, man, I really believe in you, but like, please don't do this. <laughs> and then he fucking just takes a snake in his hands and he just ska dances around the stage as he like sings fucking death metal like he's in fucking yeah. fireworks for knives or something <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. just it's the most wicked shit i've ever seen in my entire life i just to me it's crazy that there is no like regret on the part of his fam like his family who lost their father essentially is that well you know it was his time, which is like it. They yeah. don't see his death as a direct result of his actions because right. of what they believe. And yet they've lost someone that's so special to them. And that's so sad. Yeah, it is one of the most contradictory statements for her to like. I think at one point his mom was like, yeah, daddy, they die of a snake bite. Um, and it was one of the saddest, most terrible things that ever could have happened. No way we could have avoided it, though. It was just completely uh, exactly what needed to happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's the just the fatalism of that this is what was going to happen, as opposed to like, hey, maybe don't handle snakes. That don't make a lick of sense. Here, have some of this moonshine. Oh, that makes, that makes a lot more licking and a lot more <laughs> sense. <laughs> Anyway, so that is the Church of God with signs oh following. My God, this fucking guy was doing punk rock moves, and then he got bit by a snake, and he's just like, "I'm gonna keep playing, keep playing, keep playing." And everyone's like, "No, I'm not gonna keep playing, dude. You are fucked up." And then one woman had the gall to put her fucking hand on him, like, "Oh, I got. Hey, everyone, Sarah's got this." And she puts his, her fucking hand on him, and I swear to God, she went, Mama say, Mama Sama, Microsoft. Mama say, Mama Sama, Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, my my favorite is Britney Spears does it better than all of them. <laughs> like, none of them have any rhythm with these snakes. That's no. true. They're just, that's like, true. holding and shaking them. And I'm like, that, that snake's going to get a concussion. They showed a clip where he just had the snake and then humped the air while scooting forward. I'm not even, that's not a bit. That's not me making something yeah, up. They yeah. showed that. No, I know. It, I wonder too, like to what extent the snakes are like, you know, the, the people are warm. There's a lot of vibration happening. Like, I wonder like how much these sensations kind of like momentarily can hypnotize the animal where they're not as reactive or something. I don't know. I think that has to be it because otherwise people would get bit every single time. Right? Yeah. And part of the problem is that like, people don't get bit all that often and i think it's a combination of that and the pastors handle snakes all the time and when you handle snakes regularly you can kind of sense the animal a bit maybe yeah. well and you also like, get the animal used to being handled yeah exactly i just think yeah. the snake's sitting there like i fucking love this song <laughs> this is my favorite song yeah it's just it's bananas. Like, no, even still, not. I'm just it's like, snakes. I can't. Are you serious right now? 
Yep. Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. It's uh this is this is so stupid. And it's one of the it's stupid in the way where like when we covered that old medicine stuff with like Mary uh Baker yes. Eddy and uh, uh uh Sylvester Graham where it was like, "Well, that was dumb, but at least they don't do it anymore." And then you fucking play a TLC documentary and you're like, "Well, fuck me then." <laughs> That's the most upsetting part, and I know that we didn't even bring this up. We didn't talk about it, but I do want to point th- this out that every single person in that video is allowed to vote and it means the same as you. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> and this is why the rest of the world laughs at us. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. This episode, uh, just like every episode, is brought to you by um, the Cult Podcast Store. If you visit us now at cultpodcastshow.com, you will find that we have Cult Podcast official branded snakes. Um, if you give us $200 I'm gonna say we will send you one actual snake um, we will not it's a real live snake this, it, is, un- this is inaccurate 100% poisonous not at all poisonous it does not exist Um, yeah. and it will definitely bite you if you try to fucking dance with it don't give us money for this <laughs> <laughs> how about if you give us money we'll send you pictures of our snakes I don't want any part of this sex scandal. Damn it. Oh, I'm just saying it's different pictures of things that are snake shaped around my house. My choice. (laughs) (laughs) Different strokes for different folks, I guess. Because it could be anything. Like, you don't know what you're going to get. Oh, I like it. We could put googly eyes on all the the chargers and adapters. (laughs) And cute little red tongues. There you go. I have a cat with a tail. It could be that. Oh, oh, that's pretty cute. Yeah. Could be a penis. Anyway, so <laughs> could be a penis. Please don't could be do a that. penis. If you go to patreon.com slash cult podcast, you can find out all about our Patreon uh and the great tiers that we have there as well. Um additionally, this episode in particular is brought to you by uh Mia Bibi. Mia Bibi. And this is important. I need you guys to understand that name. Mm-hmm. Mia Bibi. Because she said that she would give bonus points if we were able to say it in the snootiest British accent possible. Mia Bibi. Mia Bibi. Hey, Mia Bibi. Hey. <laughs> That's your fucking. You can British. You can also get... Hey, I'm British. Oh, it's me, your baby. Isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? You could go. You could go queen and be like, me a baby, and kind of like lisp it out. Oh yeah, know. you kind of gotta go like uh, Michael oh. Caine, like me a baby. I've been watching so much Bake Off, and all I could think is like Essex, but like it's not. <laughs> that's not why, correct. Why? Why? Why do we me a baby, Mister Wayne? <laughs> Why do we me a BB, Master Bruce? So we can get <laughs> back up again. I have to go. Yeah, that makes a lot of the sense. The rain in me a BB falls mainly. <laughs> that was a My Fair Lady joke. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> uh, Mia BB, thank you so much for, uh, for <laughs> subscribing to our Patreon. Um, if you want to come to the Halloween live show, the virtual event, 
uh, we have a little bit of updates for you. I think actually we announced it on the last episode, but uh, tickets are $20 and this does include the option to download or watch the video of the live event later. Um, we're working right now with a producer that's helping us to put on the show. And I showed you guys a little bit of uh, a preview of what the show's going to look like. And you seem really fucking hyped on it. Um, I'm super stoked. I'm really excited. I'm super excited. Uh, we're putting a lot of effort into the, like, you know, the production value of this. So I'm, I'm really hoping that it, uh, that, that it, I'm really hoping that everyone is able to make it out because it will be just a really absolutely fun night. Um, you can go to coltpodcastshow.com to find tickets for that. They are, again, $20. Uh, or you can get a bundle with a T-shirt for $40. Um, and those T-shirts, by the way, which are also available on their own for $25, those T-shirts uh, are only available for purchase until Thursday, October 15th at 12 midnight. So basically 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yeah. Uh, they are pre-order only. They are basically made so that none of these shirts go to waste. We didn't want to get any that, you know, wouldn't find a home eventually, which I just realized is a, is a real fucking, is a real whimsical way to say that, I guess. I, uh, what is that? The, the little toaster? Is that a, the movie? The Brave Little Toaster? Yeah, I basically just made like a Brave Little Toaster-esque thing where each t-shirt gets a home and that's where it lives forever. Mm. Um... I made Andrea cry. The- it's so sweet. <laughs> Here, hold this snake. Um, and the blanket was scared of the air conditioner. <laughs> and I just can't. To be fair, I'm also scared of air conditioners. How do they work? Anyway. <laughs> so those shirts are available. Uh, everything is available on our website, coldpodcastshow.com. But the shirts are only available uh, until Thursday, October 15th. Um, it's going to be a really fun time. I really hope to see you all there. It's going to be awesome. I've said a lot about it. So let's move on. Um, if you want to send me, if you want to send me the best dance to do with a snake and I'm talking any kind of dance, I'm talking about like, uh, what is it called? River dancing. Is that the best? Because you basically (laughs) stay, you stay stable up here and your feet do all the work and the snakes, snakes just looking at your feet going like, wow, that's pretty fucking cool. I'm going to say it's the worm because then you get on the snake's level. And the snake sees you as an equal. Honestly, for me, ballroom dancing, most romantic. Mm, mm. (laughs) But then it's going to make the snake want to bite you because it's like, I just want to get in close and I just want to take a little nibble. You're the meaning in my life. You're the snake spiration. <laughs> You're my snake spiration. Um, if you can send me that, or and this is a big ask, if you can get the Jabberwockies to just do a full set holding snakes. Uh, Jabberwockies, oh. I know you listen to this podcast. Please send that video. Um, they do not. Probably they not. Do not. Uh, mostly because we don't know who they are because of the masks. Anyway, send those to me on Instagram and Twitter at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M A N D O Does Stuff with a snake emoji at the end. <laughs> yeah, if you want to send me the best brand of moonshine to drink before handling snakes. <laughs> <laughs> send that to me on all the things at sundress comic um or check out my art on instagram at andrea gazetta 
right now until October 14th, I also have a book available for pre-order. Uh, it's only going to be available until October 14th. And it is about being locked in a tiny studio apartment with my boyfriend. I made 30 paintings about it and I wrote about it. You might know him. He's also on this podcast. Wait, what? <laughs> it's me. It's, it's me. Pain. We've been having an affair behind your back. <laughs> this is like old times where you could just say you're Armando and everyone will believe you. <laughs> Yo soy Armando. That's Do it? you believe me? That's it. There you go. That's it. Yeah, so it's been great living with, pa- I mean, Armando. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I made art about it. And if you think that you're alone in having to spend time a lot of with time Armando? with your significant other, check out these paintings I made. You're not I, alone. I Quarantine. Just, all of us emotionally have to spend time with Armando in one way or another. <laughs> hey, do you sometimes have to turn the fan on in the bedroom? So that you don't smell things happening in the bathroom? Studio apartment. (laughs) Studio apartment. All right, guys. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to go to the dollar store. And I need you to pick up a pool noodle. (laughs) And then I need you to do a dance with that pool noodle as if it was a snake. And send it to us. Hashtag snake dance you can send it on instagram do it in your stories and tag us you could do it on tiktok you could tag me on tiktok if you want but i want to see your pool noodle snake dances hashtag snake dance hashtag snake uh, dance. make it happen i want to see all of let's it let's get and this trending i will say it will be harder will be harder away from the summer months but you can find uh, pool noodles out there honestly though, i might be spoiled by los angeles where they're year-round yeah. dollar store items but it's halloween you could also substitute a plastic snake it's halloween times they're everywhere or a feather boa whatever your personal snake is or a fucking I snake see, or a fucking snake if you have a snake i want to see your snake dances Hashtag snake dance. You can send those to me at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram or at Rampage Wesley on TikTok. <gasps> Jabberwockies, this one's for you. Do it. This is what's going to make you big, Jabberwockies. This is it. This is your big This chance. is their moment. Better step up. Uh, step the yard. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you want to send, if you're the Jabberwockies and you want to send us uh, this so that we can all enjoy it, you can follow us on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. You can also send us an email to Colt Podcast Show at gmail.com. Or if you want to send us a piece of art about a snake, like a snake skin <gasps> yeah. or a snake you've made out of clay or wood or your own bodily fluids and feces, yeah. you could send that to... 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237, like, like the, the shining. shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. Send, yeah, someone's going to shit in a box and it's gonna and they're going to be like, that's a snake. That's a poopy snake. I'm not going to lie. I love this gritty reboot of Save the Last Dance. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a snake? Dances with snakes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think with that, I'm going to say... Don't drink strychnine. Yeah. Yeah. And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye.